Hey everybody, and welcome back to the San Pedro FIFA League podcast. I'm George Tello, your host. On today's podcast, we're going to talk the impacts of the Benucci and Dembele uh, free agent buys um, by both Liverpool and Augsburg, respectively. Um, we'll talk a little bit about the rankings that me and the wonderful Andrew Washburn did. Uh, these are the preseason player rankings we thought we'd dive into. I like breaking up my rankings to all one show, but in the future, or excuse me, from being just one show, but in the future, we will have an episode once a month where we rank, uh, kind of give everybody a power ranking uh, throughout the season, and I hope you guys enjoy those as we go along. Uh, but we'll give you guys the preseason uh, players to really watch in D1 next week. I will have a D2 manager uh, rank his top players in D2. And I, that'll be very interesting because I'll try and get a different manager for each time I do it. Um, and that way it, we have a little bit of diversity. Uh, long story short, the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox are coming out this November 10th and 12th. 10th for the Xbox, 12th for the PlayStation 5. If you have not seen the prices, it's 400 for digital, 500 for the, I believe, the optimal drive. So I don't... I don't know all the details, but check it out on Sony or whatever you go and look to buy your consoles because that looks like the main option at the moment is to buy from them. Uh, or, or Obviously, we're going to still be a PS5 league is essentially what I was getting at. Uh, so buying from Sony or whatever you buy from, get your consoles, do your thing. You have until June 2021 to handle that. Anyways, let's start the show. Let's get you guys to it. We're going to start talking about the interesting uh, nobility of the window ending before the VT Cup. So let's get you guys to that. So welcome to the show, guys. I redid this show. I originally recorded on Thursday or Tuesday just a couple of days ago, but I really thought it was choppy. I had a lot of noise around me, and today I, I kind of it's kind of quiet. Um, so I thought I'd redo it. But anyways, we're going to talk a little bit about um, one of the interesting topics that was brought up to me uh, throughout the week that I could discuss was the window closing before the VT Cup. Traditionally, the VT Cup has like an extra couple days before uh, the window closes after that cup commences. But there's a change this year. On October 9th, the league season begins and the window closes. Now, this dissolving of this tradition isn't necessarily a bad one. There's a lot of positives to this type of idea that they came up with of ending this, I guess in this case, a summer window like you see in, in real life with the real teams and real money is the way it ends is that then the season commences. However, there are a few leagues where you play during the window. And that was one thing that we really wanted to follow. But because our numbers, and this is just my me assuming because our numbers have gotten greater in the league and the rosters have become very constrained in the lack of, I wouldn't say crazy talent, but the fact that there's not much, not much talent for you to go out there and purchase, it makes sense to really end the window before games start playing. And I think half of it is we're moving to a new FIFA. Get your guys in, lock that up. I don't think the board or the commissioner want to be dealing with roster variations at a time in which they themselves are adjusting to a game. But also I, I don't think I want to be dealing with rosters while I'm going to have a bunch of people screaming at me because the game changed. And that's the reason why they're going to take their time playing games. However, 
the VT Cup ends on the 18th, and I like that that the league kind of constrained this tournament to a week. It'll allow guys to get the game, but also it'll move things along very quickly. And for you new guys, and I will talk a little bit about them later in the podcast, for you newbies, this is exactly the change you guys are very welcome to enjoy uh, coming into this league. You get your rosters finalized, and now the season starts, and you have the same opportunities for the most part of winning as much money as you can throughout the season, and you basically spend it in the midseason or in this off-season window. And the reason I like this is that you don't get any extra cash flow from the VT Cup. It does kind of suck because traditionally you would get that opportunity to maybe get a pl- an extra player if you didn't find out that your team was as good as you needed it to be or you wanted to kind of fine-tune some things. And that is mainly the only negative thing that I can find. In talking to a few managers, that was the one thing I think they felt like, oh man, I'm going to lose that ability to kind of test the squad out. I get it, but maybe during that time before the league season starts and you're knocked out of the VT Cup, that is the time you take to practice. And I and I kind of another negative thing that I kind of took is the VT Cup still isn't getting its, uh, you know, kind of its love. You know, it almost seems like the league was like, hey, we're going to use this tournament to kind of test shit out. But at the same time, I could kind of see why, because now it's a serious tournament, right? I'm pretty sure the new guys, especially those D2 guys, are going to want to win this. Guys in D1 who haven't won anything are going to want to win this because it's a title. You want to win this. Oh, I beat Chris to go on the way here. That's still notable. I, I, I have no problem with people taking the VT Cup seriously or not seriously. But because someone wins it, we shouldn't put it down. And we sure as hell, that is the one thing I think we're going to miss uh, and just maybe this season and them testing it out is what it feels like. I hope it doesn't end up that way uh, because I, I really, really enjoy watching the no seedings play, really take take control. You don't know who you're going to run into in the group stage. You might be knocked out after the first three days of the tournament. Uh, so that is something that really makes it exciting uh, as a whole. Another thing that makes it exciting is Obviously, we've seen over the last couple of seasons, teams that aren't really expected to do well, do really well in this tournament. So there's always that kind of surprise factor. Other teams are kind of finalizing things for their league season. This time around, though, the rosters are locked. I think overall, it's going to be solid. I think things should run pretty smoothly. I haven't confirmed, nor have I asked, if we're still going to get a goal scorer, an assist leader, and uh, clean sheets, even though I think we should do that. Um, I think it's very interesting to see if the league will still mandate that. I also think man of the match needs to be something that needs to be a thing. It needs to be a thing. I'm sorry. Man of the match is very easy to record. The ball literally pops up right next to that person's name. And it's very easy to just go to the match ratings and take a picture of the match ratings. I, I have no issue whatsoever with that. I think that is something that needs to be done. And I really hope the league takes notice of that and adds it to it. I know it seems like a cheesy one, and they may feel, uh, and I've made counterpoints to it in the past podcast, but the positives really do outweigh the negatives, especially in this new FIFA where it looks like defensive players are going to be a little bit more equal to uh, the strikers and the attacking midfielders uh, than in previous editions of this of, of this generation of FIFAs. But It'll be interesting. I hope that's something that they work out and we can work on. Um, just at the very least, match rating should at least be pictured for those of us who really like to 
add and appreciate some of those players that may not pop up on the goal and assist sheets or in the clean sheets department game in game out it would be really nice to kind of give notice to those who are making tackles having inter- you know reading the play well completing a lot of their or majority of their passes at a high completion rate i think things between goals and assists on a constant basis, it'll just get a little washy. You know, we're going to get the same guys who dominate in those aspects, but maybe we might get different leaders in man of the match or match rating than we've previously had in goals and assists. Anyways, let's move on to the Benucci and Dembele deals. Because we're staying on the topic of the window, um, one of the things that I really look forward to in seeing with Benucci is how he joins that back line and how capable he'll be um, for this squad. We know he's got a great passing ability. Everyone knows that he's a high-end, high-rated center back. He's still one of the best in the world, even at his age. And the guy gets things done. I I don't think for a second Joey didn't feel that he wasn't going to get any type of return on the talent. Um. I think Benucci is going to finalize that whole debate of having to deal with Alaba in the middle. Alaba now could definitely be still just as versatile uh, if a center back does go down. Um, Anigo Martinez is still on that roster. So he Alaba will go out to the left. You now have a guy in Benucci who could play on both sides of the center back pairing. Um, and even if he needs to go to a three at some point, which I doubt, or a five, you'll have a guy who could command that middle center back spot. And be and just be versatile. I, I think that defensively, having that commanding presence after getting rid of Manolas to uh, to Roma, I, I just think it makes sense. I know Tapsoba came back in that, but he's still young. He still needs time to develop. And really what this does is it'll give a guy like Tapsoba who's just kind of just kind of going around in Europe still. He's still young. He plays at Leverkusen. It's a team that might struggle next year without their best player and Kai Havertz leaving. You know what I mean? So this is a team that may really rely on that defense and the strength of that defense. Having a guy like that grow and potentially go to a bigger club while you have Benucci in your attack and your starting lineup, I think is phenomenal. This is a great move again by Liverpool, a team that doesn't stop building. They also added Madison and Thiago is back from loan. Madison joining uh, during the midseason window, if I have that correctly. Uh, so, I mean, there's there's a lot to be desired by this club. There's still a lot of talent that we have yet to see play together. And this just gives them an even better chance at making a top four spot. Whether they do that or not, that's still something to be seen. We're going to have to see how they play in the VT Cup. Let's get on to Dembele, one of the paciest players in the game. The French international and Barcelona player has yet to really settle in Catalonia, but take away the real-life aspect, and the 82 overall is still one of the fastest players in the game. He can shoot with both feet. He can cross with both. And, oh, did I mention? He's one of the fastest players in the game. One of the killer aspects for Roman over the course of his time in the league is to find players that literally take the top off the defense. He already has Sterling. He has a Mobile up top. And now all the rumors surrounding Sterling playing in the number 10 he adds a winger. And this, to me, only furthers that rumor. I played Roman a couple days ago, I believe. It was, actually, I think it was last week. And he was playing Sterling in the 10 role, which I actually think is a pretty good role for Sterling. Right? Not only did you add Fabinho there, you have uh, Zielinski joining. Um, 
So those are guys that can sit behind a guy like Sterling and not have to rush up the field. They can play passes from deep areas of the pitch. Now you add a guy who can get on his left or right foot, can play on the left or right wing, he can run past your fullbacks now, and he's going to be a problem. You know, we don't know how good that innovative make-your-guy-make-a-run type of nonsense is going to be in the next FIFA, but we do know defenses, the way defense is played, it's more played on edge. And the game is really opened up compared to previous FIFAs, and you cannot just sit there and hope for the best. Um, whether those posi- positioning uh, attributes really do affect the game, like how they say they're going to, they have that's yet to be determined. So if the way the Roman bought these last couple players was that, hey, my guys are going to play to how FIFA 20 was strengthening, right? And how good that was. So good for him. I'm not mad at all. I really think this is a good deal. I'm actually really happy at Liverpool and Augsburg strengthening and kind of reflipping the way they were going to build their squads, even though Liverpool have crazy talent overall the, on all over the field compared to Roman, even though I think he's good, uh, obviously has built a solid squad, but you know, he has the talent as well that goes with that. Not saying that Joey doesn't, but Roman's very particular on who he brings into the squad. This is a good deal. This is a, this is a really nice deal for him. And I hope, I hope it works out just not against me type of thing. Um, but <laughs> Anyways, I, I'm very happy for these two teams. I do like that Ramon also was able to get rid of Gunduan and really uh, kill any rumors of having to worry about Fabinho being versatile or having to force Fabinho into another role because Gunduan's still on the squad. So getting him out of there, big deal. The last deal, I had to edit this part because I had already previously talked about these two parts, but how crazy is it for Leon to go get Raul Jimenez? from LAFC and I talked about Edison and how this team either needs to go all in or really kind of rebuild the squad while you have the chance and the talent is still there to rebuild. Um, this was, this was a good move for him. Um, I mean, Raul Menes for Leon, this really settles if Felix was going to be the guy up top or not. Now this settles the very fact of the matter that Felix can grow and develop and play as a super sub. He could come off the bench and play either of the wings. He could play behind the striker if he's needed to, or he could play up top if Menes is injured uh, or fill in when there's no goals in the game or something like that. Santi did exactly what he needed to do. He got a guy who just doesn't stop scoring. He's 84 overall in the next FIFA Um but the way he's been playing, the involvement in the goals for Wolves in real life, you expect him to get a higher rating if he re- redoes that uh, throughout next season. And look to January to see if they give him that boost because I, I think he will get one as a title update. I, I can just see it happening. The way he's involved in the goals, if you've seen the, the two goals he was involved in over the last weekend, the man was brilliant. Um, I, I could not be more impressed with the way he's played. And I think this is a good turn for Santi, who really needs to jump back into that top three, top four area, uh, even though he just missed out last year finishing in the fifth spot. Anyways, we're going to take a break. When I come back, I'm going to shoot us over to the thing that I had already previously recorded with. Uh, I didn't record with Andrew, but he did send me his top eight players at the moment. Um, that will be our first prior rankings of the players, of the top eight players in D1. Like I said, next week, we'll get you guys going with the best D2 players and kind of introduce the new D2 guys as well. We'll be right back. So before we get into 
me and Washburn's player rankings for the preseason. This is our very first one we're going to do. Um, we're probably going to do one every month and just keep updating it and kind of have our opinions. Um, but we have some new members to the league. David rejoins us. He is Sevilla. Pedro is San Jose Earthquakes. He joins from Gaidan, from Noah Gaidan. Christopher is Melbourne City FC. And that is a third team as well that is joining in just the last two weeks. We also have O'Brien and Corey Kindle that are joining. So that's five new teams. There is an extraordinary amount of depth in D2 that we, I'll be honest, I didn't think was possible. I didn't think we'd get this many new teams. Now, of course, feelings are going to get hurt because now this even lessens the chances of guys going into that top five. And that was something I talked to Washburn about a little bit. I definitely talked to Aaron about, I mean, we, we, we had a mini discussion. It is going to be tense down there. Teams are going to have to care about every game because you are going to be playing games a little bit differently this year. It's not going to be, Oh, I got to face this guy three times. I could wait to figure it out. This year will be like, uh, a couple seasons ago, actually, I think it was three seasons ago, where we had almost north of 20 teams in D2. So there is a lot of players there. Go and check the rosters with the uh, on the San Pedro FIFA League page. I believe the latest update was the 12th. Um, I don't know if they fully updated that, uh, but you know what? Go ahead and check it out. Maybe the, some of those teams are still working things out, but those guys are in the league, and I'll be honest, this is insane to me that we're going to get five new teams obviously there's they came in a little bit past the window so they may be affected and may not be able to make money off their players um but as far as what i've seen these teams do so far business wise i kind of like it i kind of like some of the deals i know one deal is pending for melbourne and bayern uh it is a loan deal for half a season we are still waiting to see if that deal goes through. The league has not approved it. Um, I believe it has something to do with being a free loan. So, long story short, let's get into me and Washburn's player rankings because I know we're going to disagree. So, we had eight guys that we needed to select from going into this preseason pre-VT Cup rankings. And, of course, we'll be back when the VT Cup is played in its finality once it's end once it ends and me and washburn will give another one i just had him send it in he didn't voice message i uh, didn't really have time the guy's been super busy so i didn't want to bother him but this is what we came up with so we'll start from the bottom and work our way up so at eight he had Messi. let me make sure i get it right he had dabala sala suarez de bruyne and his top three was havertz ronaldo and son I think I can get behind that. Son is easily my number one as well. Um, I have no disagreement with that. Ronaldo at two. Uh, I kind of like Havertz at two. That's what my pick was. I think Havertz and what he means to the squad um, really elevates him above everybody else. Um, so that's where we disagree. I thought Suarez was a good, healthy third, but I still think Ronaldo trumps that because of how good he's been he's just so much better than everybody else at the moment <clears throat> excuse me in the league he's so much better 
when the game is on the line. He steps up every single time. He plays that that integral pass. And really, this season, he didn't need it as much because of how good everyone else was around him. But to have two guys in the top three just shows you how good Chelsea were. I like De Bruyne at four myself, personally. Uh, I think Amerika would be good, but, you know, without him. But with him, they are great. And they are one of the best two teams in the league for a reason. And it's because of him they are able to step out and not feel that pressure, right? They're so good at what they do um, overall. I, I just, those four to me are the best four in the league. Where we disagree, I think Messi's five. I still think he's going to be important for Leon's success. I know some people don't want to hear that, but he's so good. I, I He is so good uh, at, what, at, at what he's needed to do. I mean, what other players step up like that on a consistent basis? Not many. And I think I think Santi talking to him, I, he expects a big season from Messi and just the pieces he's added around along with Mane. And if Mane has a better season, that you know. Uh, Messi's assist numbers are way up. Plus with Douglas Costa gone, this makes a big priority on Messi to be the main creative playmaker, uh, specifically in that midfield. And I expect him to be one of those main guys. I, I do think some of the other pieces can really add on, but no one like him. In the sixth spot, I do have Salah as well. I think he's been amazing. He broke the record for most assists, and obviously having Ronaldo and Son on your team helps, but it's still the impact of what Mohamed Salah does. He's just so much faster than everyone else, and the guy is an elite player uh, when he's having his day. He is amazing. I, I know that a lot of people know that already. He has golden boots in real life, but in-game, he is, he is lightning lightning quick he is terrifying to play against and it obviously shows how much of a juggernaut Chelsea are to have three guys in the top eight and this is obviously preseason we're not going to put Hazard on this list I, I'm su- I'm surprised that or I'm not surprised that Washburn didn't have him on his list either I have Suarez here at seven a little bit more down um, like I said he could be a third healthy number three ranking Right, because if you're just looking at the other strikers, he really was important to Wolves and what they do. But now that Aguero's there, I think he loses a little bit of that importance. Um, I do think that he'll still be a very important player overall. He'll be a top ten player in the league potentially, and it, definitely at least a top twenty player. Um, and he'll compete for goals. But Sergio Aguero joining your squad as another striker regardless of how Wolves want to set up, to me, really takes away from what Suarez does. He he's, needs to be the guy who they facilitate, facilitate the ball through, and he, that's just not going to happen. Even Silva coming off the bench, potentially, uh, that youngster will might nick a few goals if that becomes a thing, if, if Andrew chooses to use him off the bench. Obviously, having guys like Adama Traore being able to cross you the ball always helps your chances of scoring, but I think Aguero will take away some goals Uh out of Suarez, which is why I put him at seven. He still deserves to make my preseason list just in case he, has, he repeats what he did last season, which is very possible. But he loses a little bit of that 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 glare of, oh man, this guy's going to take over a game. It's not the same to me. And I'm not trying to ridicule Washburn's list. I, I actually kind of like his list. It was very much different than mine. He had Messi at eight. I have a different player at eight. I think it's Robert Lewandowski. And I know everyone's like, why not Neymar? We have yet to see if he'll fit the way that Serge wants him to fit. Same with Hazard. I just I, Let's wait a little bit. 
because they may not be they may be knocking their own teammates off the list. And and rightfully so, they might knock pretty much everyone off the list and they might become their own one and two combinations. But just because you add a top player doesn't mean they're going to make the same impact. We saw that with Mane. We saw Rashford really have a down year once De Bruyne came in. DePay was really a guy that was terrifying defenses more from what I heard from managers. You didn't really want to run into any of them, honestly, but Sancho as well. There's an impact level. With De Bruyne, I feel like he spreads the play. In this case, with Robert Lewandowski, he is the man. And he is going to get the ball. And he is going to score. And he may not score as much as people think. I don't think he'll score as a top three goal scorer, but he could potentially crack the top five based off what I've heard so far from people uh, telling me about this squad and that have played Ronnie so far. There is an intricacy to the way this team is going to play the physical and pacey nature of Lewandowski. He may not be the fastest striker, but what he can do in game he could take over a game. Like I talked about it when he first got the deal done. The guy is a set-piece monster. You don't want to deal with this guy on set-pieces. But in the open play, the guy can shoot from anywhere, and he can pick a pass. You need a cross from your fullback, from Alfonso Davies in the box? You can do that. And that's something I think young boys will look to do. We'll see an uptick in crosses, I'm sure, in the box when Lewandowski's in play. Definitely people will have to be aware of his versatility and being able to play off him as well. He's a great passer of the ball, especially in short game uh, situations when you're playing in the up, uh, the opponent's 18-yard box. So look for that. Look for the this group of eight players to be very successful, whether guys come into this list. Me and Washburn did talk about that. We fully expect Hazard and Neymar to join this list for the very first time that we're going to be doing it this season. We expect them to be continuously in it every time we do one. But right now, we're going to hold off. We're going to give them the benefit of the doubt of the fact that they just joined. You know what I mean? I, personally, I, next, we, uh, next time we do a weekly episode of the pod for as far as rankings go, we will talk about the, the D2 players. We will get into that um, because I, I want to get a sense of what's on these new guys' teams. Um, and obviously, D2 will have a very detailed look at it i know i have to jump into that at some point um but i i look forward to getting into that with everybody we're going to take a mini break and then we'll get into some other things that i wanted to talk about before i end the podcast so things i definitely missed i like that the new san jose team in our in our league uh pedro went out and got rafinha that's a good signing that's where you want to start he has a a history of injuries, but uh, I think that's a good one. Another thing I missed was Zielinski joining Augsburg, another good midfielder joining in. That is a new midfield there for Roman. I like it. I mean, also Gundogan going out. Um, I wasn't sure I was going to have time to cover that, but I guess I do. Rakitic out, Gundogan in. The difference here is I think Gundogan will have more time to play still at an elite level with City. Obviously, David Silva's out. Fabinho's been shaky. He's getting older, but I don't think that's the reason they've been so bad. They need center backs. 
at City in real life. And Fabinho's, or excuse me, not Fabinho, Fernandinho's main role, excuse me, has been to kind of sit in front of that. And he's really lost that identity over the last season to two seasons um, playing with City. I, I think, obviously, for Ramon's sake, though, having Fabinho sit back there and really be an anchor, let a guy like Zelensky, let a guy like Sterling really go and run amok up top. Then you add Dembele to that with a mobile. Really, one more piece, in my opinion, that is somewhat to that level, pushes Augsburg to a whole different type of game. I mean, I think they'll be continuously competing with some of the best teams in the league on a consistent basis, if not be one of those juggernauts like that we're seeing with the top two teams at the current moment. Thank you to everyone who listens. Just before we end the podcast, I didn't mean to yell that. Um, we have some very cool things that we're going to try and do with you guys. I did talk to the league about new teams joining. They have no one currently. Um, they're not going to turn anyone away, um, but they're not necessarily having anyone in reserve to be joining. The reason why I say this and the reason why that's important is because now all you D2 managers... Get ready to check your inboxes because I'm going to be talking to you about your own teams and your expectations for the coming season, and it will feature on the podcast. You do not have to participate uh, in the sense of sending in a voice message or do an interview, but we are going to go into lengths of talking to your, about your teams, and that will be something you guys have to pay attention to. I will not be able to drop every single episode on every single team. That will take too long. Because, you know, I also missed that we have a sixth team joining in Nick. Nick, I didn't forget about you, uh, with Inter-Miami. So that this D2 is huge now. It is its own universe. And uh, so that's something to keep in mind uh, when I am discussing these teams and how I place them in the podcast. It doesn't necessarily mean that's where I think you're going to finish. So, um, yeah, just keep your... DMs and check and see where you guys are at. Um, hopefully you have some time to talk to me about your teams. Uh, I will try and keep episodes clumped together. Uh, we were, I was thinking we'd do one episode for each person, but I just figured, like, why not make it an episode? I know you guys are going to get sick of seeing me post it. Those episodes, though, do not coincide with what we're doing on the overall podcast. So these, those will be bonus episodes Yes, those will be something you guys have to look for on the apps. You guys will still get notifications if you follow us on Spotify and the other podcasting formats. Uh, You guys will still be able to see that. Regardless, thank you guys for listening uh, every week. Our numbers have honestly never been higher, and I know during the season it's going to get harder to listen, and obviously we'll have just one episode a week uh, is, is usually the goal until we get to the end of the season or until we get... Uh, to like the FA Cup draw or something like that. Those would be things that we discuss in either separate episodes or at length in, you know, in main episodes. So to you new guys who haven't really checked this out yet, I hope you guys do over the course of the season. Maybe I'll get some of you guys on the podcast. It'll be really fun. Uh, and good luck. I know the window is coming to an end in, in a couple of weeks, and we have to be really prepared for the season to really get going. I look forward to it. I think we're going to have a good time. I, I, I uh, I really look forward to what FIFA 21 has to offer. Um, and, and also the fact that we have all these new teams in D2. I, I really can't wait to watch these teams kill each other for a chance to make it into D1. 
Everyone in D1 is obviously getting a lot more serious. Who's going to survive? I th- oh, man, it's it's going to be huge, huge season for the FIFA League. I look forward to covering that on the podcast. Uh, to all you managers, thank you for listening. Thank you for your input. To my producers, Aaron, Joey, Andrew, and to Luis, thank you guys for always helping out. This has been this week's episode of the San Pedro FIFA League podcast. Once again, you guys can find us on Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, Anchor, and pretty much any platform, so check us out on that. Until next week, goodbye.